The following program is sponsored by Evangelical Life Ministries. Welcome to Engaging Truth, the manifestation of God's Word in the lives of people around us. Join us each week as we explore the impact of His message of spiritual renewal. From the lesson of forgiveness forged in the crucible of divorce, to the message of salvation learned by an executioner from a condemned killer, to the gift of freedom found in the rescue of victims of human trafficking. This is God's Truth in Action. And welcome to another edition of Engaging Truth. I'm your host, Pastor John Kane. With us today on the program, we've got Ms. Katie Faust. She is the founder and the director of the Children's Rights Organization, Them Before Us. Welcome to the program, Katie. Thank you so much for having me, John. So who are you? What is it that uh, made you say, you know, I've heard that uh, one person can't do much, but I'm going to do something. Yeah, well, um, I am a nobody, you know, there, I certainly don't have a background or a degree or um, anything that would facilitate me being a global crusader for the rights of children. Um, but I'm really just an ordinary mom. Uh, 10 years ago, I wasn't doing any of this culture warrioring that I'm doing today. I was just a pastor's wife, a mother of four. We had just come home from China um, after adopting our youngest child. And uh, this was not on my radar at all, but it really was back in 2012 when President Obama evolved on the topic of marriage. And suddenly um, what I heard was choruses of people saying um, that gay marriage was going to be good for kids. Kids don't care if they have two moms or two dads. Um, But what that really means is kids don't care if they've lost their mom or dad. That's really what it means. When you're looking at a picture of a kid with two dads, you are looking at a picture of a child who has been separated from their mother, often intentionally. So I had been working with kids for decades in youth ministry and um, as the assistant director of the largest Chinese adoption agency in the world. And I had not yet met a kid who did not care that they lost their mom or dad. Um, Very often in the cases of abandonment or addiction, um, these kids suffered lifelong wounds. You know, they went to bed wondering Where's my father? Why doesn't he love me? Why did he leave me? So to me, what I saw in the marriage debate early on was a weaponization of the most painful aspects of a child's life in service of a narrative to redefine marriage. So that is when I felt like I needed to get involved is to say, no, marriage actually serves a very specific purpose, and it is to unite the two people to whom children have a natural right their mother and father. This is the most child-friendly institution the world has ever known. And if we redefine it, we are going to harm kids. So once I started digging into the marriage issue, I realized that every other marriage and family issue, from divorce to reproductive technologies, to same-sex parenting, to polygamy, to cohabitation, to open marriages, all of them obsessively focused on the desires of adults. And it was always the kids who were victimized. So you have a rather audacious statement here that our organization strives to put children before adults in every conversation about marriage and family. We seek to prioritize the rights of children in the culture and courtroom, the personal and the public. Yeah, and that's because what happens is when adult desire, right, their sexual identity, their sexual decisions, their sexual feelings, when those desires are prioritized, elevated above children's right 
to their mother and father, children are victimized. And so what that means is in our personal lives and in policy matters, whether it's in the culture or in the courtroom, the first question we need to ask is what about the kids? Because it is the kids who are going to suffer when we come to the wrong conclusions. And so this child-centric message that children have a right to their mother and father, it's very triggering. It, the idea that adults do not come first, that children need to come before adults in conversations about marriage and family, it is a conversation and it is a message that is going to make demands of every adult, that all adults need to conform to this fundamental child right. Single adults, married adults, gay adults, straight adults, fertile adults, infertile adults, right? When it comes to marriage and family, if there's a child involved, they need to be prioritized. So this is not just your opinion. I noticed on your website uh, that that you cite uh, Harvard University. You cite uh, university studies that uh, support your your position. Yes, we. Even though I'm a Baptist pastor's wife, even though I carry my Bible around with me everywhere, um, on our website and in our book that we published, you won't find any scripture. We appeal to natural law. We appeal to the highest scholarship of social science. And what you find is a robust apologetic for the reality that children need, deserve, and have a right to their own mom and dad. Research backs that up. Um, natural law, natural law reasoning backs it up. The stories of kids themselves who have been deprived of a mother and father back them up. And that is what you're going to find on our website, a holistic, robust defense of children for their own claim and right to their mom and dad and how they suffer and how they are harmed when they're intentionally denied that relationship. So you describe some of the stressors that people face as threats. Mm -hmm. well, can you define that for us? Well, I'll tell you that overall, um, you've got three main forces that are seeking to undermine this child right. You have cultural forces that are normalizing motherlessness and fatherlessness um, through things like, well, if the adults are happy, the kids will be happy. Or we've just repeated ad nauseum through every iteration of family redefinition from no fault divorce to single motherhood by choice, to same-sex parenting, and now to sperm and egg donation and surrogacy. Every single time we try something new and novel with the family, we repeat, oh, the kids will be fine. The kids will be fine. Kids are resilient. The kids will be fine. We see this now with the narrative that love makes a family. Biology doesn't matter. It's love that kids need. That's all that they need. So you have these very powerful cultural forces that are being reinforced um, in media, but also in policy, right? We've seen that even this week as the Senate has passed the, the so-called Respect for Marriage Act. We're also seeing challenges um, technologically that technology is now enabling us to commercially and intentionally separate children from their mother or father at conception um, through sperm donation or egg donation. And I say donation in quotes because this is not a benevolent uh, nonprofit agency. Big Fertility is a for-profit industry um, that commercially denies children their mother or father if you can cut a check large enough. Um, these technologies are dystopic in many ways. 
They lead to the grading and the discarding and the donating um, of unborn human life. They lead to um, having millions of souls on ice in this country. Um, it treats children as designer and disposable commodities. And then third, we are dealing with massive legal challenges to the rights of children. Um, seven years ago, we legalized gay marriage through the court decision, um, Obergefell versus Hodges. In the last seven years, we've seen a legal undoing of children's right to their own mother and father from altercations on birth certificates to even now attempts to subsidize the creation of motherless and fatherless children through tax breaks for same sex or singles that want to procure children through reproductive technologies. And so what we're seeing is there are numerous threats to the rights of children and all of them need to be opposed. So what's the relationship then you're, you're alluding to marriage and then to family. What, what's the tie-in between marriage and family? So what we do at Them Before Us is we begin every conversation with the child. Children have a right to their mother and father. Those two adults grant children the safest, most connected to, most invested in adults in a child's life. Those two adults will automatically grant children 100% of their biological identity, which is something that they crave. And those two adults will automatically give them the complementary benefits of mothering and fathering, which maximizes child development. So that is true. And if that is true, what does that mean for the definition of marriage? It means that marriage becomes a matter of justice for children because it's the only relationship that unites the two people who children have a natural right to, who will be the safest adults in their life, who will always give them mothering and fathering and will always grant them their biological identity. And so we take that same template of children have a right to their mother and father, those two adults benefit them in distinct ways into all other conversations about family, whether it's divorce, namely that there are extreme cases where divorce may be necessary, but no fault divorce, where you can make an easy exit for no reason at all is harmful to kids and should be, should be reformed. What about reproductive technologies using sperm and egg donation? What about building a family through third party reproduction? Well, from a children's rights perspective, the answer is no. No adult, single, married, gay, straight, fertile or infertile should separate a child from one of their genetic parents. A genetic parent to whom those children will very likely fantasize about and long for, regardless of whether or not they're being raised in a heterosexual or homosexual or single parent household. Children long to know from whom they come. What does it mean about same-sex parenting? It means we should not normalize or promote same-sex parenting because in those situations, a child will always be missing half of their biological identity. They will always be raised by an adult who statistically is more likely to neglect and abuse them. They will always be missing out on the mothering or fathering that kids crave. So marriage and family go together because all of them fundamentally are questions of children's rights. So speaking up for the children and ensuring their rights uh, is, is a conversation that uh, is obviously lacking. So what uh, what can one person do? What would you have our listeners do if you were to encourage them to um, get more active in their personal life, get more active maybe with your organization? The first thing that anybody that cares about kids can and should do is become an expert. 
there's a really good chance that some of the things that I've talked about today, you thought, oh, I've never thought of that before. Oh, I've never thought of it that way before. Oh, I didn't know that that was an issue. But the reality is, this is the this is probably the greatest battle of our time, defending the fundamental rights of children. Um, obviously, we have seen that in matters of abortion. There, these very vulnerable children need adults to speak up on their behalf. It is also true for children on this side of the womb. These very vulnerable children need you to speak up on their behalf. They need you to push back against the cultural, technological, and legal challenges that are threatening their rights. But you can't do that if you don't have all the facts on your side. And so that is the reason why we wrote our book, Them Before Us, why we need a global children's rights movement was to distill all of the best research to bring together into sharp focus the main issues and threats against children. And especially in the book, what we've done is we have brought in over a hundred stories of kids who were raised in modern families so that you can look them in the face and see how did that go? Did love make a family? Oh, were the kids happy if the adults were happy? Are the kids resilient and having no problems with the fact that they are intentionally separated from their mother or father? And the answer is no. These children are desperate, they are hurting, they are isolated, and they've been harmed. And so we introduce you to those kids in the book. When you are done, you will have a fire inside of you to defend these kids, and you will know exactly how to do it as well. So hearing the stories of children, almost like case studies, that uh, where things have gone wrong, where they've been uh, raised under uh, challenging situations, and it uh, has affected them for life. Do you have any success stories of, of how someone can uh, maybe intervene to improve the situation then of, of a child in one of these situations? Right. Well, so first of all, there are a lot of kids who come out of very broken backgrounds who determine that won't be my life. I will create the family as an adult that I wish that I had had as a child. And so you will see that. You can go to our website. You can go right to the bottom of the page, thembeforeus.com. And we've got the stories linked right on the homepage. So you can read about them. Read not only how they suffered because they didn't have both mom and dad in their life full time. And many of these adult children have turned it around and said, not my kid, right? The brokenness stops with me. I will orient my life around the rights of my children. I will not subject them to the dual home or the dual life that my divorced parents subjected me to. I will not allow my infertility to create a motherless or fatherless child because I understand how harmful that was to me, having using a sperm donor be the solution to somebody's infertility. I suffered the mother hunger or father hunger of having two moms or two dads. And I am going to orient my life around my kids' desire, my kids' rights, not my own desire, my own romantic desires. So you're going to see that through the stories on the website and in the book. Um, in terms of what you can do now, um, if you do have a child in your orbit who doesn't have mom or dad at home, you can do what you can to pull them into your world to satisfy that mother hunger or father hunger in a safe way. If you've got a niece that's being raised by, you know, two moms, for example, um, and you're the uncle, do what you can to lavish fatherly love on her because the reality is she craves it and she'll find a man to love her somewhere. 
Um, and it very likely won't be a man that has her best interest in heart. So a lot of what we can do is seek to mend the wounds of the children in our life by giving them that distinct mother love or father love that they're missing. A lot of times what you can do, a lot of times people in our world, if they see a situation of same-sex parenting, for example, they may want to distance themselves from it because they're not sure what to do. I would really encourage your listeners to draw near to that family and draw near to that child because very likely you are going to be the adults that show her what she deserves. Um, D.L. Moody once said, you don't know how crooked a stick is until you lay a straight stick next to it. And a lot of these kids don't even know that a home where a mom and dad love one another and are together for life, they don't even know that that's possible. So a lot of what you can do is show them that it's possible um, through pulling them into your world in whatever way that you can. We're talking with uh, Ms. Katie Faust, author of Them Before Us, Why We Need a Global Children's Rights Movement. And, uh, you know, for the, the Christians in the audience, uh, you know, we, we understand that the Bible is sometimes countercultural in that it talks about family rights and uh, the, the rights of uh, uh, the Christian nation, shall we say, above um, individual rights or individuality that goes off in its own direction and is selfish and self-serving. That, that message is um, oftentimes out of step, and yet it is healthier. It is, uh, you know, there's a, a strength that has been proven down through the millennia of um, the strength in, in doing family right, uh, following God's design. So, uh, Katie, give us the uh, your website again and, and tell us a little bit about what we uh, can, can find there. Well, first of all, let me just say, you're exactly right. I'm reading through Jeremiah, digging deep into Jeremiah in the mornings. And I can't tell you, I'm only on chapter 15, and I can't tell you the amount of times already that God is saying, the reason why you're in this wretched place, Judah and Israel, is because you have followed your own heart. It is the following of your heart that is the problem. And it said earlier, um, it said they followed their heart and they went backwards, not forward. That is exactly what's happening right now. We are elevating adult sexual desire, right? Adult sexual feelings, following your heart to the highest good. And as a result, we are seeing massive levels of destruction, not just for same-sex marriage and gays and lesbians, we are elevating heterosexual desires to have sex before marriage, to violate their vows and have extramarital sex, to shack up together instead of marrying one another. Do you understand how vulnerable that makes children? Those vulnerable children do not grow up to be healthy, thriving, flourishing, responsible adults. They grow up to be mass shooters. They grow up to be living in poverty, living on the street, dropping out of school, committing suicide, highly addicted, right? You cannot expect children to thrive if you are starving them of the love that they need through their mom and dad. And do you know how they get that? Through God's design for sex and marriage. God's design for sex and marriage that is reflected in the natural law principles of children having a right to their mother and father. And so Christians, um, you cannot get this wrong. Um, but neither do I think that you should go into these conversations saying God made Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. I think you need to go into these conversations with well-armed, with research, statistics, and the stories of kids, 
because that is a universal authority to which all humans need to submit. So we really have done all the work for you to be able to have a robust defense of God's design for sex and marriage and to do it in a language that is going to be digestible, even for non-believers. So the place to go is thembeforeus.com. If you scroll to the bottom, you can subscribe to our newsletters, which you should, because we have so much going on. We are going to take over the world. We, this is a global takeover of all conversations about marriage and family, and you need to join us. So what else can we find on your website? What types of uh, stories or information, or do you have excerpts from your book? Mm-hmm. We do have some fast fact sheets, which are very, very helpful, which does um, in a two page, as tight as we can, summarize every chapter of the book so that you can get the gist of all the core aspects and core threats to children and how to respond to them. Again, the story bank will move you. You can't read these stories and go, yeah, love makes a family. No, in those situations, loss makes most of those families, right? Child loss is the common ingredient for the modern family. Um, You're going to find our most recent articles in terms of the things that we've written at outside publications like the Federalist or the Washington Examiner. Um, Under the Justice tab, you're going to be able to see the amicus briefs that we have written for federal cases. You'll be able to see the letters to legislatures or the advocacy that we've done against specific child harming legislation. Um, And of course, you'll be able to see who we are, what our goals are, what our mission is. You can donate um, there, like consider us in your year end giving. There is nobody else, no other organization in the world specifically devoted to defending children's rights to their mother and father. And that is why we're having such success because we're doing things differently. So commitment forgiveness, faith. Uh, These are some things that are not being talked about, but are the key ingredients uh, that can be measured psychologically and uh, religiously. And uh, it's got success. It's got a track record. And it's it's different than the the, uh, direction many people are going. Uh, We'll come back to Katie in just a moment. I'd like to invite our listeners to check out our website, elmhouston.org. There on that website, you can find shortcuts to our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube accounts. You may also donate to support our work. From our uh, Facebook page, you can find podcasts of past programming. I'd like you to know that all of our on-the-air hosts are volunteers. So your donations, should you give them to us, they'll go far to purchase uh, radio airtime. We strive to have a wide variety of interviews with people who are creatively sharing the good news of Jesus at that you know, difficult intersection sometimes of where faith meets life. You may write us at ELM Houston, PO Box 568, Cypress, Texas 77410. And now back to our guest. Katie, would you uh, give our listeners in this last one minute, give us uh, that final pitch to uh, go check out your website? Yeah, the pitch is um, that children need defending. And I think that we've learned how to do that well when we're talking about anti-abortion efforts. But we need to take that same mentality that children have an unbending right to their mother and father. And that needs to be the lens through which we view every conversation about marriage and family. Children do not blog. They cannot hire lawyers. They cannot submit amicus briefs. They cannot defend their own rights. Only you are able to do that. And if you are a Christian, you actually have a mandate to do that. 
God identified the fatherless as one of the four critical areas in the Old Testament that deserved special recognition and protection. And when we compromise on God's design for sex and marriage, what we are doing is we are incentivizing and endorsing fatherless children and motherless children. And that is unacceptable unacceptable for the Christian. So come to them before us and join us, and we will train you to fight on behalf of kids. And let's go visit Katie at them before us. And what was your website again? Thembeforeus.com. Very good. Join us again for another edition of Engaging Truth. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this broadcast of Engaging Truth. Be sure to join us each week at this time. To help support our ministry, contact Evangelical Life Ministries, Post Office Box 568, Cypress, Texas, 77410, or visit our website at elmhouston.org, or find us on Facebook at Evangelical Life Ministries. Thank you.